Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Hello, everybody. All right. We have got a great show. I've got Dr. Walter Simcue here, and uh, he's a California medical doctor, and he basically embarked on a researching the past possible past life of his own. And from that investigation, Dr. Simcue postulated uh, the 10 principles of reincarnation, including uh, similar face features, talents, passions from one lifetime to another. And he was also the first to use inverted images to better appreciate facial architecture from one lifetime to another. And, and he also noted change in, uh, uh, in the, that people reincarnate in groups to be reunited with people known in past lives and that souls can actually change religion and nationality from one lifetime to another. Such books as The Return of the Revolutionaries, which was in 2003, and, and then another book called Born Again. Um, and then there, there's a 10 Principles of uh, Reincarnation, and uh, also The Origin of the Soul and the Purpose of Reincarnation, which was published in 96. And so, uh, Dr. Simcue, thank you so much for joining our show. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm a Christian, and I'm just curious, you know, how does reincarnation match up with Christianity? Well, there are a, a couple of references to reincarnation in the New Testament. Uh, mm -hmm. Probably one of the most uh, significant is... Uh, when the disciples of Jesus asked, um, where is the prophet Elijah? Because in, in the Old Testament, it, it said that before the Messiah comes, uh, that Elijah would come first. And so in the New Testament, uh, Jesus says that uh, Elijah has returned, but people did not recognize him. And he said that Elijah reincarnated, basically, as John the Baptist. And then, then there's another um, phrase in the New Testament where the disciples asked Jesus about a blind man who was blind from birth. And they asked, why did this person become blind? Was it a sin on the part of his parents or a sin that this person committed? And uh, Jesus said, well, um, there was no sin, but uh, this man was born blind so that God can demonstrate 
his power to heal. And of course, the blind man uh, could see. But the statement uh, that um, they questioned whether the blind man committed a sin that caused his blindness, uh, which infers that the uh, blind man had to have a past life uh, where he could commit some sin that would result in blindness. So there's a couple of references to reincarnation in uh, the New Testament. But, um, you know, basically, Christianity, you know, the churches do not acknowledge reincarnation. And uh, I I think that's kind of a fatal blow, (laughs) because Mm -hmm. there's an enormous amount of evidence that reincarnation is real and exists. And and most of this research, the strongest research, comes from Ian Stevenson, uh, a medical doctor who was the chairman of the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Virginia. Uh, and yeah. for, for yeah, for 40 years, from from about 1960 to 2000, uh, he traveled all over the world uh, documenting cases where young children had spontaneous memories of past lives that could be factually verified. And uh, the, the way this worked is that the child, as soon as they can speak uh, at three years of age or so, uh, they start talking about a past life and um, give facts such as where they were born, who their parents were, and other very specific details about the past incarnation. Hmm. And what Dr. Dr. Stevenson did is he interviewed these children, and then he also interviewed uh, the past life family, uh, and he documented all the statements that the child made that were accurate. And, And so at the University of Virginia, they called these solved cases where um, the child's memories were validated by the past life family. And Stevenson studied about 2,500 of these children, and in about 1,500 of these cases, the information that the child provided about the past life was verified. So wow. there is a huge, yeah, there's a huge amount of data that proves that reincarnation exists, that it's real, and um, that's, uh, <laughs> it's going to be world-changing, you know, because most of our wars and conflicts now are 
based on differences in religion, nationality, and right. affiliation. But uh, in the Stevenson cases, it has shown that people can change those um, they can change religions. markers of identity. Yeah. yeah. It, that's incredibly fascinating. You know, the uh, biblical references for anybody, it's Matthew 16, uh, chapter 16, 13, and then Matthew 11, 3 through 15. And also there's a bit of a reference in Luke 1, 17. But, you know, um, this, you talk about also the, that we kind of go in groups. What's that all about? How does that, how does that go? Oh, yeah, so Stevenson's research also showed that uh, people reincarnate in groups. You reincarnate with people you have known before. And uh, the strongest evidence is that Stevenson uh, compiled 31 twins. Uh, So we're talking about 62 people, and uh, these children all remember their past lives, and in their past lives, they had very significant personal relationships. So um, the, the, the most frequent relationship was that people who were siblings in a past lifetime reincarnated as siblings again, but also people who were like husband and wives uh, reincarnated, uh, though they could have different roles. Uh, Instead of being husband and wife, they could be uh, father and child and so forth. And uh, Stevenson, again, had, you know, 31 of these cases and they all they all showed that they had very significant past life relationships in the past. And there's even one set of twins who remember their past lives, and uh, they not only uh, remember that, but they look the same in their past lives. So one thing that we find from reincarnation research is that people tend to have the same facial architecture, uh, the same uh, bone structure from lifetime to lifetime. So they look the same. Even if you change gender, uh, there is still the resemblance. Uh, uh, Even though gender change can uh, happen. And uh, through Stevenson's research, um, he demonstrated that in 90% of the cases, people reincarnate in the same gender. So it seems like a soul has a affinity for a certain gender. But in 10% of cases, gender changes and what he found in some of these cases, uh, the people became homosexual. So let's say a man 
reincarnates as a woman, mm-hmm. uh, that woman, that woman will still have uh, the mindset of the man that she was in a past lifetime. And so wow. this person will still be attracted to women instead of men. And there's a very compelling case of a, of a Japanese soldier who was uh, killed in Burma. And, and before he was killed, he developed a friendship with a Burmese woman. This was during World War II. And uh, this Japanese soldier, who was male, uh, was, was killed in a, a strafing run by Allied planes. And then this male soldier reincarnated as the daughter of the Burmese woman that he developed a friendship with. And uh, this reincarnated woman had total affinity for Japan. Uh, She said that she missed her children in Japan. And this was very bizarre because the, the Burmese hated the Japanese, you know, because they committed many, many atrocities sure. uh, to the Burmese people. Mm-hmm. So to have this uh, female child uh, say that uh, she was Japanese and she missed her children and Japanese culture was very weird <laughs> because yeah. nobody would expect this. Uh, so, uh, people can t- change gender, but they're still basically the same people. And, and this woman, uh, you know, who was the Japanese soldier from before, mm-hmm. uh, actually still had an attraction, uh, to women, uh, as most men do. And, and, uh, she became a lesbian and married a woman. So it shows how people can change gender, but they they have the same proclivities and the same mindset of their past life gender. Past life. Yeah. You know, how can we, you know, most of us can't remember anything about a past life. And how can we actually regress and discover our past life? Well, you know, there's basically two ways. One, you can do a past life regression where the facilitator um, kind of walks the uh, client through a meditative state where they Mm. can uh, hopefully access past life memories. But uh, I have to be honest that the past life regression is not really considered a very valid way of determining past lives. I mean, mm-hmm. people can have experiences, but there's only a handful of cases 
where past life regression led to a verified uh, past life. I mean, one one of the best cases involves a uh, police captain from Indianapolis who uh, went on the past life regression uh, due to a dare. Uh, you know, this person, Bob Snow, was uh, uh, at a party, and um, a psychologist that worked with the police revealed that she did past life regressions, and and Bob Snow, the homicide detective, uh, said he didn't believe any of this. So uh, she dared him to have a regression, which he did, and he had extremely vivid details of being an artist in New York City. And he specifically remembered painting a portrait of a hunchback woman. And and he remembered in that past life, he only did portraits to make a living. You know, he would rather do landscapes and so forth. But uh, he has such a vivid picture of this hunchback woman that he painted that, you know, he thought, wow, there may be something to this. And and he, you know, he's a homicide detective. Right. So he researched, he researched, you know, artists who did portraits of hunchback women, and he couldn't find anything. And uh, a year or two later, his wife said, well, our anniversary is coming up. Uh, We've never been to New Orleans. Let's, for our anniversary, go to New Orleans and have some fun. And they were there for about four days. Um, And on the last day, they're walking around the French Quarter, you know, the tourist district. Mm -hmm. Right. And he sees an art gallery. And so they go in, and he goes all the way to the back. And he sees the portrait of the hunchback woman. Oh my that God. he saw, yeah, that he saw in his regression, and I, and he said it was exactly the same. And uh, at first, he thought he was having a stroke or something. You know, he would say, you know, this happens in movies, but not in real life. But then he sort of composed himself and asked one of the gallery workers, uh, could I have seen this portrait of the hunchback woman in a museum or somewhere else? And uh, the gallery employee said, no, you have never seen this before. Uh, it It was painted in like, 1917, and it's it's been in private hands the whole time. It's never been uh, exhibited in museums, so there's no way you could you could have seen this before. Well, what what was the big breakthrough is now he knew who the artist was who painted this portrait, right. and then uh, he found. Yeah, then he found that this artist 
even though he wasn't the greatest painter, he was a good administrator and became the director of the New York uh, City uh, Design Museum. And it, it turned out that the artist who did this hunchback portrait, who was named uh, Carol Beckwith, uh, kept the diary. And uh, so Bob Snow got this diary, and, you know, in his regression, he had 30 specific memories, including the date of his death and so forth. And um, when he got the diary, he confirmed all 30 of the remembrances that he had. And that's probably the most strong um, case of reincarnation based on past life regression. In general, past life regression is not considered a valid proof of a past lifetime because people make things up. But the Bob Snow case is totally solid. And, you know, one thing that we find in reincarnation research is that people look the same from one lifetime to another. And Bob Snow looked just like Carol Beckwith, his past life personality. Wow. You know, are we evolving then into various like enlightened stages of existence as we reincarnate? I mean, is there some kind of sign of, is there an accomplishment that's involved in that? Oh yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, as we reincarnate, uh, we, we reconnect with people that we have known in the past. Mm. And that's for two reasons. You know, one is that we knew these people, we loved them, or maybe we hated them, (laughs) and we're brought together uh, either through affinity, uh, because of love, or Mm. also because there was a bad relationship that you have to heal. But, But also, the reason people reincarnate is to... further a project that uh, they believe in. And a good example, (laughs) which involves some famous people, Mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody knows who Elon Musk is. He started Tesla and SpaceX. Well, um, I happened to meet the venture capitalist whose name is Tim Draper and, uh, you know, his venture, venture capital firm financed Tesla as well as SpaceX. So, you know, they know each other very well. Well, the Mm -hmm. first time that I met Tim Draper, he said, I was introduced as a person who writes books on reincarnation and without mm-hmm. any prompting, he said, you know, I think the way it works is that in the spirit world, 
we kind of uh, looked at what projects can help humanity. Mm. And so that person and their soul group reincarnates to execute execute that project. These are the words of Tim Draper, who is a billionaire. Right. And, and, you know, I looked at him and I said, you know, that's exactly what's in my books. <laughs> and <laughs> my book. So then, <laughs> yeah, so then, you know, I figured, you know, Tim Draper must have known uh, Elon Musk in the past. Mm. And Elon Musk, in my work, has been identified as the reincarnation of Thomas Edison. And, oh and I thought, well, there's probably a past life connection. And I looked up who was Edison's financial backer, and it was J.P. Morgan. And J.P. Morgan looks exactly like Tim Draper. And, oh, my gosh. You know, I put <laughs> Yeah, I put these cases up on the website, and I wrote to him, and I said, I put these cases up where you're the reincarnation of J.P. Morgan, and Elon Musk was Thomas Edison, and also identified other people in uh, Musk's um, development, and we identified them also. But uh, basically, I sent this billionaire, you know, this, uh, these cases on the website that Elon was Thomas Edison and you, uh, Tim Draper, uh, was J.P. Morgan, and uh, he was totally happy with it. You know, he did not say, take this down, this is crazy. I mean, he, I think, believes in it. And and uh, he read my books, and he sent me a handwritten thank you note, and he said uh, that uh, me and my past lives, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. You know, is there, you know, Dr. Simkew, is there a, a, a time when the cycle of reincarnation actually ends? Well, yes. Yeah. So, um and and there's um, my work is kind of divided into two parts. You know, one of it, one part is making the research of Ian Stevenson from the University of Virginia accessible to people, because mm. Stevenson wrote in a very academic style. I mean, he wrote this book on reincarnation and birthmarks which is two volumes and it's 2,000 pages long and, wow. and you know, not many people are going to read that but, but he wrote in a very academic style because he was trying to influence other academics but for the average person including me it, it's, it's like pretty difficult to understand the story. So what I've done on our website, which is reincarnationresearch.com, and reincarnation research is one word, um, I have uh, rewritten Ian Stevenson's cases 
so they're easy to read. They're stories. Mm. And um, so anybody who is interested in this can just go to the website and you will have a plethora of reincarnation cases that basically prove reincarnation. Um, Scientifically. Yeah, scientifically. But then there's another part of what I've done is I've worked with a trance medium named Kevin Ryerson, Mm -hmm. who was kind of made famous through his work with Shirley MacLaine. But working with Kevin, I found that he channels a spirit being named Atun Ray, who, who is the most intelligent and compassionate being I have ever communicated with. And, you know, Hmm. my whole training has been in science, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm a medical doctor. So, you know, I'm, I'm skeptical about things. Sure. Ray has, has shown me that he is the, has the ability to make past life matches. And once I realized that, I then would ask him uh, about the big picture questions, about, like, when does reincarnation end? And all this is actually in my book, Origin of the Soul and Mm. the Purpose of Reincarnation. Uh, The bottom line is uh, we reincarnate to learn and develop. It's like school, just like Mm -hmm. a child, you know, Mm -hmm. has to go to kindergarten and grade school and high school and hopefully to college. It's all a period of learning. And, and that's exactly what reincarnation does. It, it puts you in situations where you learn lessons you need to learn. And, um, well, after you learn lessons that you need to, then you don't have to reincarnate anymore. You could just exist in the spirit world where you uh, have other lessons of growth, but um, there is an end. And, and I asked, you know, Kevin's spirit guide, Optin Ray, uh, what are the criteria? And, and it's pretty simple. I mean, one, you have to learn to love all of humanity, uh, even when people have um, negative aspects to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, you... Uh, you basically have to develop universal love, which which is basically what Jesus taught. And then you have to work out the karma that you develop uh, on earth. So mm. if in a past lifetime you killed somebody, you may have to reincarnate and have this person as your brother. So, so you can get to know this person and love them. Uh, and uh, then the other thing is you just have to develop your your natural talents. When we are created as souls, we mm-hmm. are gifted with a 
different talents, whether it be a, an artist, a uh, a policeman, or uh, an athlete. What mm. we we see in reincarnation cases is that people come back pretty much in the same role. Athletes mm. come back as athletes. Writers come back as writers. Wow. Um, religious people come back in, as religious people, though they can reincarnate in a different religion, which to me, this is like the most important thing about reincarnation research, which is why I put so much time in it. It mm -hmm. shows that souls can change religion, nationality, ethnicity, race from one lifetime to another. And most wars and conflicts are based on differences in these cultural markers of identity. And uh, right wow. now in our world, you know, we see this most in the Middle East, mm -hmm. where, you know, Muslim people uh, want to wage war with Jewish people in Israel right. And, right. and all that stuff. Well, when people realize you can be Jewish in one lifetime and Palestinian Islamic <laughs> person in another, then people will realize that fighting over this stuff is baseless. Mm. And so, uh, one of the, I think one of the greatest benefits of reincarnation research is that people will realize they can reincarnate as the other, you know, the person that they dislike. Mm. And, you know, once you know that, then you realize there's no reason for conflict or war. This is a hard question, but how does reincarnation view... How does abortion factor into reincarnation? Well, that's a very good uh, question. And, um, you know, I think one of the fallacies in the, the Catholic uh, religion uh, is that there's the belief that a soul is created at the time of conception. Mm. So, so when a couple uh, create an embryo, and uh, at, at some point they may decide this is not the time to have children, and the woman has an abortion, uh, from the Christian point of view, that means a soul has been denied existence. But that's not true. Uh, the soul can uh, reincarnate uh, close to that couple. So, for example, if the mm. couple who had an abortion, if they have, say, a niece, well, the soul that was prepared to incarnate, uh, whose life was uh, abolished through abortion, that same soul could reincarnate 
in close proximity to the couple that it wanted to be with. Uh, so, uh, you, know, you know, the bottom line is what reincarnation shows is that everybody does have a soul. The soul mm-hmm. exists beyond death, and the soul reincarnates in a new form to learn new lessons. Uh, and uh, the idea that abortion terminates a soul's existence is false. Ah, very good. Um, is there a time between death and rebirth? Well, yes. I mentioned uh, Ian Stevenson's work. Right. And uh, on average, the time between incarnations is about three years. Hmm. Um, so, you know, we we reincarnate very quickly. And, um, you know, people ask, well, how, how can the population be so much greater now than before where there were, you know, uh, fewer people on Earth? And uh, basically, uh, the more bodies there are on Earth, the more frequently a soul can reincarnate. So back like 2,000 years ago, when when uh, uh, the lifespan was uh, maybe 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. you know, people could only reincarnate. And also, uh, at that time, there were many fewer, fewer people on Earth. So then a soul could only incarnate perhaps every hundred years, but um, with the population growing, that Mm -hmm. just means that souls can incarnate much more frequently. Wow. Uh, Okay. We've we've only got about eight more minutes here, but I have to ask, I mean, do people, have they reincarnated as animals or other creatures? Uh, No, they don't. You know, humans reincarnate as humans. And, um, you know, the bottom line is we reincarnate to learn. And, you know, if you're a human, you know, you're not going to learn much by reincarnating as a squirrel. You know, I mean, (laughs) for animals, it's all instinctive. You know, there's no intellectual growth, really. But... Uh You know, I have to, like, say that, you know, I cannot make that statement based on evidence. Uh, When we're talking about reincarnation and Ian Stevenson's cases, uh, they were proven because the child could relate to their parents their past lifetime, and the parents could find the past life family. Well, an animal cannot communicate that. So... Um, I referenced before that I've worked with Kevin Ryerson, who yes. channels a spirit being who is very intelligent. You know, I've asked these questions um, in my sessions with Kevin and Atun Ray, the spirit being, and Atun Ray has said that no, uh, 
humans do not reincarnate as animals, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, what is, is Hinduism the main subscribed perspective to reincarnation? Well, Hinduism definitely has the deepest, you know, foundation in reincarnation uh, belief. Mm -hmm. Uh, Buddhists sort of believe in reincarnation, but they're, they've never defined it well. Uh, uh, Buddhists, you know, kind of a strange perspective on reincarnation, and they do believe that people can reincarnate as animals, so uh, though Buddhists sort of believe in reincarnation, it's it's not a very coherent theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hinduism, uh, there's a different, there's a definite belief in reincarnation, but there are, are flaws in that belief system too. Uh, for instance, you know they believe that Brahmins that are the highest caste always reincarnate as Brahmins, which is not true. Uh, so mm. Hinduism, though it, it has a firm belief in reincarnation, some of their other beliefs are uh, inaccurate. I got you. You know, um, just thinking about it is, is things like alcoholism and drug habits, things like that, do that do they carry forward into other into the reincarnated life? Well, um, we don't have a lot of evidence regarding that question, mm-hmm. but um, in general, if you're alcoholic in one lifetime, it does not mean that you will be alcoholic in another lifetime. And in general, uh, alcoholism is based on depression. You know, Mm. people drink because uh, they don't feel good uh, emotionally. And um, a lot of that is genetic. You know, Mm. so, so people who are born in a family that has a history of depression will often have depression because it's a genetic trait. Right. So, um, one can be born into an alcoholic family because in a past lifetime, they may have been very cruel to people who were alcoholics. Ah. So, so they they may reincarnate in a family that has that predisposition so they can understand why somebody drinks. You know what I mean? So so that's like a, a karma thing. Um, but uh, there are many cases where people who were alcoholic before reincarnate and they are not alcoholic. Well, we need we need our politicians to flip sides in in their next life so they can learn a little bit more. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it, it's I mean that's the great promise of reincarnation is that um, you get to learn the other side uh, about the other side 
And uh, I think eventually evidence of reincarnation, once it's accepted, will lead to a much more peaceful society. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Dr. Simke, can you uh, just reiterate what your website is so that people can access that? Oh, yeah. So the website is reincarnationresearch.com, where reincarnation research is one word. And um, there are about like 250 reincarnation cases on the website. Uh, as I said, I have rewritten uh, Professor Ian Stevenson's cases. So they are readable uh, for the average person. And if one goes through these cases with an open mind, uh, that person will understand that reincarnation is real. Yeah. Wow. This is just eye-opening. It's an incredible amount of information to get. And it's so important for people who are rather closed-minded to be open-minded to possibilities and open-minded to scientific evidence uh, that, that may display that we don't have all the answers. And, and, uh, and there are many directions in which our spirit can uh, migrate itself. And each life is a discovery, and it's a new lesson to be learned, and it's a way to evolve. And I find that to be a very inspirational um, thing, Dr. Simkew, and I, I just want to say thank you again for being on the show. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you for having me, and uh, I really hope that people uh, learn about reincarnation research because it will lead to a more peaceful world. And more enlightenment, absolutely, and we evolve over time. I'd like to thank yes. everybody for listening. You know, I'd love to hear from you. You can do that on our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, instead of RIP on graves, since we're talking about reincarnation, you need to replace it with BRB. Also, you know, would it be cool to have the resume of your past life? Also, if you believe in reincarnation, Pour the ashes after death into the recycling bin. <laughs> it's true. So, Doctor Simkew, thank you, and you will come back. You know, you know, for Christians, I mean, I think the good news is reincarnation research demonstrates that you do have a soul that exists beyond death, and that soul will come back and animate a different body uh, to learn new lessons. So, you know, overall, I think it's all good news. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. SimQ. I appreciate it. And I hope everybody has a great day. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.
Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. 